Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we have something really special for you all. In an effort to reach maximum diversified inspiration, we have professional drift car driver Ryan Turk on the show to talk with us about his career and his passion for racing and going really, really fast while hitting ridiculous angles in his drift cars. Ryan and I talk a bit about where his passion for cars and racing came from. We talk a bit about how he enjoys being creative with his builds and sharing his passion for drifting with his growing community. This is a special episode not only because Ryan is unlike any of our previous guests, but it's also special to show us all that passion is universal and how important it is to have it in your lives. So let's begin everyone, episode 171 with Ryan Turk. Let's roll. What I usually like to do with the show is I like to get, you know, a little bit further about go down time and kind of find where this all started. Because it, for me, it's really I'm really interested in knowing, like, hey, how did this passion, where did this passion come from, this passion to to, you know, this dream, chasing this dream of being a professional driver. When did you get the bug? When did this set in? Were you always into cars? Were you always into racing? Um, what was the catalyst, basically, that got this all started? Uh, for me, I mean, I grew up, uh, my dad actually got me and my brothers a, um, a dirt bike when we were about nine years old. And, uh, that's kind of what set in the motorsports and, uh, and us, you know, we always, we grew up in New Hampshire and, um, and not a desolate area, but you know, an area that had plenty of trails and like open, open places to go ride like motorized stuff. So for us, like we always wanted a dirt bike as kids growing up and my dad got us one all at nine and we shared that for about a year. And then, uh, my dad got us another dirt bike and asked us if we wanted to go racing. So we, uh, we all started racing together as a family Sick. and we did that from about, um, so I guess we, we rode dirt bikes and raced from about nine to 19 wow. and, uh, through that, you know, going through the motions of like getting our feet wet, learning the ropes and then, you know, uh, years go by and you, you learn, you have to start training. And like, as things get more serious, you have a practice dirt bike, you have a race bike, you're riding four classes instead of just one and you're racing nonstop every weekend and practicing two days or three days during the week. And, um, and that was, so we ended as professionals and, um, Sick. That's and cool. got kind of yeah yeah it was, that's it was, intense too man high injury rate in the dirt bike stuff it is yeah, yeah i got my fair share yeah what <laughs> do you need anything really gnarly that happened um yeah i mean the, my so my worst injury was my done to my foot mm. and um i hit this jump and my feet got ripped off the foot pegs and it's kind of sailing in air doing like a superman but super out of whack and like couldn't get my couldn't get my myself back on the bike in time for the landing. So I had to just kind of toss the bike away. And oh. when I came down, I just kind of hammered the top of my, um, uh, my leg bone straight through my ankle Ugh. and, um, ended up exploding an avicular bone, which they, um, they had to fuse my foot back together. Wow. So I lost a lot of movement in it and I still have some pins and screws in there, unfortunately. Dang. And so professional breakdowns, he's out of the picture yeah. for Ryan. <laughs> yeah, <it's> definitely, <laughs> it's definitely it was yeah. before though, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was always a thought in my head. I always wanted to do professional break then. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. <laughs> wow, that sounds horribly painful too, especially because you had to wear the boots and I'm sure like having them extract the boot 
that must have been an experience yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the worst. It was the longest healing injury and all that. Now I have arthritis in it, you know, for the rest of my life, which kind of kind of stinks. But I don't let it hold me back by from doing too much. And yeah. uh, the other one was an elbow injury where I um, I just I broke a good chunk of my elbow off and had to get that pinned. Oof. But I was actually I was actually I got the surgery done and I was racing two weeks later because the pin holds the bone together. So it kind of uh, acts as you know the bone being in place for you. <laughs> yeah, so that's so that. really. After, was, is that what kind of what set it off? Like, okay, that's enough of this, or was it injury bound that kind of? Set no. You like, no. Yeah. So it was just more or less just being burnt out. Like you know, our whole childhood just traveling every single weekend, and yeah. um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah, a lot of. I mean, a lot of work during the week. We were homeschooled um, on oh, and off cool. through high school, just because our our high school didn't want to work with us and um, give us the amount of time off that we needed mm. um, to you know to pursue our career in racing. So um, we had to just, you know, it stinks. We had to just do the homeschooling thing, which kind of kept us out socially from a lot of friends and, uh, and all that. And I think that's what kind of accelerated maybe being burnt out. Sure. And uh, so the, the second year we were professionals qualifying for some pro events and stuff. We, um, we decided our heart wasn't in it and wanted to uh, try something else. And me and my brothers have always been in the car since we like got our license and turned 16 or just anything with an engine in general. Mm. So, um, that was kind of, uh, you know, we, we kind of stopped racing one summer, like about midway through and picked up uh, cars right after that. And, um, we got kind of a hell ride from a friend and <laughs> doing nuts, some donuts, you know, all like first gear stuff, nothing too crazy, but sure. it was like, it was just reckless enough for us to be in love with what was happening. And we just wanted to do that from that point on. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But now in a coffin for dirt bikes and two wheels and, and then we got into four wheels and, um, that was kind of the start of everything. That's awesome. I would say like, um, dirt bikes are somewhat akin um, to drifting in a sense, because I, I, I love dirt biking, but I never really got too into it. Cause it's just, um, my hands, you know, my eyes are kind of like my, <laughs> they're like super important to me and I don't want to destroy <laughs> them. So I'm like, okay. And, and I have a real problem with like speed control too. I get like that adrenaline dump and I just like, eh, let's just go hard. <laughs> you know. And that's really when, um, my dad has a pretty awesome dirt bike and we'll go out every once in a while. And yeah, I, I gotta be like, okay, I've had enough, you know, take it away from me, (laughs) (laughs) climb down from that mountain, you know? So, um, but I feel like, um, because the way that I love the, um, the feel of dirt biking when that, that you're on that weird line of you're about to eat shit, but you're not in that sweet spot where you're just, you're, you're over revving just enough to keep yourself in the cut, but right in that danger zone. And I just, I feel like that's probably pretty similar. I've only gone in a drift car once and that was in your buddy, Chris. Chris is uh, Infinity, that sedan, four-door. Oh, right, the four-door. Man, that thing was, uh, that, yeah. was <laughs> that was quite the experience. I think that's the day I met you, but you're heading out. That was the day at um, yep. Buttonwillow or yeah. Willow Springs. I can't remember Willow, the Willow name. Springs, yeah. yeah, yeah I, had, I, I had to run back and catch a flight at, uh, at LAX. That was kind of a bummer. I wish I could have stayed the whole day. But yeah, that, uh, that, that car is probably the best ride-along car you can, <laughs> you can oh, get around. It was nuts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, n- I'd never been in a car that did that before. And I was like, uh, what the heck? And we only got like a, like a half lap too until like his tire destroyed it, the back yeah, panel right. of his car. Yeah. <laughs> and he was super <laughs> pissed. And I was like, oh, I felt bad, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that was awesome. It, is. it yeah, just thinks yeah. it messes the fenders up after they're, you know, if they're pretty fresh and with new paint and the tire comes apart in like 
you know, cleans the whole side of the car off, then you're, you're a little upset for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I think this is really cool. So there's this catalyst that starts from dirt bikes and I, I'm, I have quite a few friends that did dirt bikes and they got heavily injured too. Like yeah. almost, almost like, um, fatal. It was really sketchy. And then they eventually left the, the scene and, um, so, yeah. I could see I, that I, going into cars though, being a nice natural transition too. So yeah, I mean, a lot of it crosses over, like the hand-eye coordination, um, and then just the the mindset on understanding the controls and like and how to get better. So you kind of know what your practice regimen is, and it's very methodical, or was for me, anyways. Where you know, from racing and training and understanding where where my faults were and how, you know where I needed to work on and get faster on the track. It's like the same. All of that stuff crosses over into into what I was doing with drifting, That's which awesome. accelerated a lot of my. Um, technique and i guess driving capability sure and is this something that you did with your brother you mentioned your brother and you got into it or is it just you yeah no me and, so me i have two brothers me and both of them um we the all twins. got into it yep yep okay. uh younger together. or older uh so i'm actually two minutes older oh okay so then you have, yeah just a little bit <laughs> so when you do happy birthdays you're like all right your turn now after you sing the song <laughs> right, exactly. Pass along. that's awesome <laughs> uh, it's too early in the morning i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get up that early on my birthday <laughs> yeah <laughs> sleepy time yeah that's so he, so the so he he got into it as well then and so yeah because that's probably yeah. something that really helped when you were getting dirt bikes is like having that family dynamic to help push you right that team Absolutely. i guess effort, you know we practiced together we raced together it was you know everything so it was um Compe- travel competitive to too huh yeah 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 maybe too competitive at some times it's but good. um it's good you know it just it's racing so it is what it is <laughs> that's what it, i mean that's what racing is it's complete competition you know like yeah. absolute you know and you can prove that you're better by the numbers <laughs> right yeah, exactly bragging rights all that good stuff so that's good and so you the two of you started to set out or was it you that kind of really took it by the reins and really got into it and was it drifting yeah. that you started in or was it another form of racing it was drifting we didn't okay. do any other motorsports besides that so we um me and my brother actually we sold some stuff and um you know whatever kind of old dirt bike parts we had and we pulled some money together we found we got we ended up with like 1700 bucks and nice. uh we bought an old uh, 1990 uh no no it wasn't it was uh, uh. it was before we even so this is before we even knew what drifting was because oh, okay. um what we just knew to practice car control this is 2002 okay. summer of 2002 this is really when drifting started to really become I it think, was like Katie Suchia was kind of coming over here yeah with like hot version videos and it was perfect timing man absolute yeah. perfect timing right yeah. place at the right time it, nice. I mean doesn't hold more true than my story <laughs> yeah I like it this is great Precipice, yeah. so so we uh we we hit the local one ad and uh we find a Mustang for sale you know a 1990 <laughs> LX um 5.0 five speed and uh, it was about two and a half hours south of, of where we live in New Hampshire. So we went down there with some friends and checked it out. We're, um, you know, we don't get there t- down there till midnight because, of course, we had car trouble on the way down. <laughs> and, uh, so we take this thing out for a test drive and we just go to the neighborhood over, um, you know, pretty tight knit community. And we just start raising hell all over this other neighborhood and make sure the car, <laughs> the car was OK. So, uh, you know, some 
wake woke everybody up and we come back and the guy's like so what do you think we're like yeah it's good he's like yeah i can hear you the whole time down a couple hundred bucks and then we take it and uh you know we drive it all the way home illegally and uh couldn't bring it to my house because my old man would have been really upset that we just bought a car <laughs> and, uh, so we had to hide it at a friend's house and then we just take it out at night um we go find empty parking lots and um park and ride areas and we would just go practice car control in those in those spots it was perfect so it's just you know summer there was a lot of construction going on a lot of housing developments going up so there's no shortage of like finding some secluded spots in tarmac to go um to go have some fun with that's super rad and that's kind of funny to hear that you started grassroots because that's kind of like See, uh, Kaichi Suchi kind of started that same way, I think, in Ahachiroku, from my, what I remember. So for those of you, most of the people that are listening to this probably that we're speaking in gibberish. There's <laughs> a, So this thing called drifting, I'm going to let Ryan explain what drifting is. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the history, maybe a little bit, just to kind of explain some backstory as to how and why it became what it is. And then its evolution and it's in, in many different stages now. And it's like quite huge now. It's a phenomenon now. But yeah. It wasn't back then. It was... Kind of like if you were mega car nerd and you read like Initial D or you're somewhat like connected to Japanese culture, you knew what it was. But if you didn't, you had no clue. And it just looked like a bunch of BS, you know, a lot lot of noise and smoke, you know, people just being jerks. (laughs) So what's 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 drifting? What if you could explain it in in a nutshell to, to just people that don't understand what this is? Uh, I don't know. You might have a better explanation than I do. I've You're the pro. Now, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I've been here for so long. It's so watered down, and I usually, uh, mm. I usually talk to, uh, too core to okay. to make a good explanation of it. But basically, let me try okay, then, I I Go, You do it, and then I'll I, maybe I could try to help. Maybe I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> so drifting is all uh, essentially uh, front engine, rear wheel drive cars for competition base. Now that doesn't mean you can't drift something that is front wheel drive or all wheel drive, or mid-engine but mainly call those either, uh, <laughs> mainly call those just slides. Um, and then front wheel drive, you can drift with the, um, grabbing a rear handbrake and locking up the tires, but you can only do that as long as you, your car's momentum carries you. Whereas in drifting, when a rear wheel drives are driving the car, you're essentially just doing a, a burnout the entire time and you know, your rear wheels can still propel you forward um, while you're sideways and, and drifting and blowing crazy amounts of smoke out of the car. It's a really exciting sport and um, you're judged on it's a, it's a judge sport and it's not a, not a race. Um, so the, the competition format is you, um, you qualify into, you do single run qualifiers into a top 32 bracket and then for the 32 bracket, uh, 32nd place goes up against first place all the way down till you have a winner. And you both get a chance to both lead and follow because at this point you're doing a tandem run, which is both cars on the track at the same time. Super and technical. Odd, super technical. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, I might be getting a little ahead of no, myself. No, no, this is good. I love it. Keep going. This is great. Um, I'll, I'll try to come in there every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So the object of the when you qualify into the top 32 bracket is then called tandem because you have two cars on track at at, um, at all times and you are um, the object is to try to stay as close as 
as close to the person that's in front of you as possible by mimicking what he's doing um, and staying on his lines and basically just trying to keep your car as close to his door as possible. And you, so both drivers get a chance to both lead and follow, and whoever does the best out of those two laps moves on to the next round. Um, nice. And uh, and the cars these days are pretty high horsepower, and you know everybody's making about a thousand crank or more. Nice. And um, and the tire companies keep stepping it up with um, grippier tires to make us go even faster. So it's um, <laughs> it's a pretty wild, pretty wild uh, sport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's days. getting crazy. It looks like when you see it done really well, like it looks so easy. Um, but it's really, really complicated, especially when you're doing tandems, um, just all the things you need to be aware of and just having your car dialed like a tailor-made suit is super important. Yeah. Maybe to help people too is explain how these things are judged. Cause I'm, from my understanding, it's judged by style and then other like implications of style, right? Like yes. your pitch and like the, the, the long, the line and, um, the amount of like how many amount of times you can go with one hand. I'm just joking. No. <laughs> What's uh, how, how are these things judged? Like when you're out there shooting a line out, like what are you aiming for to get that perfect score? Yeah. So there, yeah, like you said, you're judged on, um, you're judged on angle, which is how sideways the car is in some areas of the track. And the judges will tell you like what areas they really want to see you like really lay it all on the line mm. for angle. Um, you're also judged on a uh, line where the judges put these different clipping points and clipping zones around the track. And a lot of times they're, they're near a wall, like a danger zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so jerks, <laughs> if it's a rear clipping point, then uh, a rear clipping zone. It's usually on a wall and the judges want to see our bumpers, uh, rear bumpers, basically scraping the wall for maximum points. And a lot <laughs> of times that, you know, if you're an, you're an inch too deep, then you're going to send the car straight in, which creates some, uh, <laughs> some good, uh, entertainment for the fans. It's definitely um, entertaining. That's for sure. Not to the person that owns the car, but yeah. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> for the guy that owns the car. Yeah. That's the bummer. But, uh, you're just you're really also, thrashing a car. Basically you're just, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, you're driving it to the absolute edge to try to perform and at your best and, 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 uh, impress the judges. So, and then the, the last part of the judging criteria is, uh, the most subjective, which is style. Yeah. Um, and style is, is basically a mashup of how aggressive you are, how aggressive your, your cars, um, transitions from side to side are, how much smoke, how, f how long you're on throttle for full throttle. And, um, and basically how energizing the actual run is, is, is what makes, uh, all of those super subjective. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. It feels very Japanese. This style part feels yeah. very Japanese to me, which I totally adore because it makes it more playful and I think right. more fun, but as, at the same time, it's probably got to lead to a lot of people being pissed. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about? That, that was my style. It's, really tough. <laughs> it's, you know, there's, you try to, you, you try to pick out cause we have a bunch of driver's meetings throughout the weekends and, um, you know, sometimes things change, the track changes a little bit. And then as the judges get more comfortable, you kind of have to interpret what they were saying and pick out what the little underlying things that you, they didn't say, or like what, what they did say, but what part of what they said they're leaning on more for more points. And you have to kind <laughs> of interpret that to, uh, to, to try it's to do your reading. best. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's akin to like, if you're dating or married, 
to a woman and you have to figure out how to read the minds right. of a woman. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully you just kind of, you just got it. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, yeah, it just comes out nicely and smooth, but yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. It's, it's a very complicated thing. I think it's very like uh very challenging. I can't imagine. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting life. I, I would imagine probably lots of crazy stories too. And a lot of crazy experiences that I imagine that you must go through. Um, constantly Absolutely. it's very like so if you're sitting in um like a terminal because you travel a bit i imagine too so and, and somebody asks you you start talking to somebody and start somebody asks you what you do um what is it that you end up ta- telling them that you do and how do you explain that you just go like i'm a race car driver or like how does that come yeah out? yeah i usually say I, I, I drive cars for a living and you know if they want to if they want to ask some questions then that's fine but usually uh Usually when I travel as, you know, as busy as airports are and planes and stuff, I usually feel like it's my like, uh, time to actually relax and unplug because, yeah. you know, it's just the, a phone, a phone is in your hand nonstop doing social media and just res- correspondence with, um, sponsors and team members and logistics and everything else. It's like, you know, you get on a plane and I can, I feel like it's an excuse to just put everything down. And a lot of times I just, um, like keeping that time to myself. So I don't usually have many conversations while, uh, while traveling, but I, I mean, I will, it's just, you know, a lot of people kind of, I feel are the same way. <laughs> so I don't usually go out of my way to make conversation too much while sure. traveling. Sure. Sure. I feel the same. I have the same kind of thing when I travel, just complete, put on the headphones and the face masking bye bye world <laughs> just yeah. to disappear into it. Um, yeah, that's one thing I want to talk about a, a little bit too. And I noticed you and Chris as well, you guys are both very exposed. You're both very much out there on the social media, constantly posting and kind of like connected to your audience and stuff. Is that something, um, is that something that you enjoy? It's to me, I find it to be draining at times um, because it's just it's a part time, full time job almost. You know, keeping up. With yeah, that. it can be. You know, it definitely can be, especially <clears throat> like right now. It's kind of the off season, and um, I haven't really picked picked up um, a lot of the off season stuff that we do, which is motor builds, and you know, I just I like to educate my fans and and kind of just tune them in with what I'm doing, but right now I haven't been doing a lot of, you know, like interesting stuff. It's mainly just been off season, just try to get back into shape and, um, get my, um, you know, just, uh, my health on point and get ready for the season. Whereas, you know, my Instagram and social is, you know, it's all about cars. So it's tough to cross pollinate a little bit when your fan base is all, is solely used to, um, what you what you post, which is mainly cars and working on cars and different parts and, different tracks and drifting and, and all of that. So sure. Yeah. Cause with social uh, media, it's all about consistency and yeah. constantly feeding that, like that monster beast, you know, yeah, <laughs> it is a beast. It's, it's exhausting at times. I find it is, but I mean, That's I don't know. Right, right yeah. now, although I'm only po- like right now, I don't have it. I have a lot of old content, but I just don't like posting it. Cause it's like, you've already done that. Sure. It's over, right you're now, over it's with it. Taxing. <laughs> Right now, it's more taxing to me than uh, than it is during the year when I'm posting three times a day just because I'm like, uh, well, I guess I got to post something because, you know, I got to I got to keep up with it. But I wish I had fresh content to keep going. So when I actually do and I'm doing a bunch of stuff, I don't I like posting and and um, make sure that um, I'm keeping my fans and everybody that follows me and supports me tuned in on what's going on. So, yeah, it's uh like I said, I have less time now and I feel, and I, and I feel more stressed about it and posting less, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's kind of like a weird double-edged sword, too. And it's it is. Keeping that up with that, because it's a high-stress thing. I mean, not only is your profession dangerous and it's a high-stress position, but like there's a there's a strong hustle. I can see it in both you and Chris, too. There's a strong hustle to stay relevant, stay in the public's Absolutely. eyes. And it's like you're coming up, you know, and it's like you're you're not like this. Uh, like I, I, From what I heard, I heard NASCAR is like one of the most profitable sports in the world. Is that true? that's like one of the most I mean, with how much money with how much money is involved in inside nascar around nascar and like you know the teams not just the drivers but everybody else i i would say it probably is for sure in regards to the racing world but i i've heard even it's it's beyond the like football and stuff which blows me away because it's like it feels like in america football is such a big thing but i heard nascar is much bigger which is interesting but that's another like form of of automotive like competitive racing but you only turn left which is i always felt was weird so i don't know (laughs) i don't know i I actually drove one of those things too i was like "Eh, (laughs) what's that no i was gonna i said they turn left really really good they do they turn left a lot really well and that's cool i'm just yeah i like to go right to a little bit here and there (laughs) mix it up but nothing against it i I just find it fascinating but what i was getting at is there's a massive um community and like infrastructure in that realm is have you found that in regards to business wise is 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 being a, a drift racer or drift professional drifter is that something um is that it's a slow build-up is it like you know to get to the suchia stage um is it is it isn't it's not as big obviously as a as a community but is it something that you can find you know a way of making a good living off of or is it something that kind of yeah you know there's a hustle to it obviously it comes from your sponsors and how much time you get with the sponsors right so yeah, there's, there's, it's, you know, I mean, number one, it's a niche motorsport. It's like, I feel like we're the, um, when, uh, when snowboarding first kind of came onto the scene and a lot of the ski mountains wouldn't let you snowboard on their mountain is kind of like what drifting is to the motorsports world a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like it's just starting to come around the last, uh, three years and really open people's eyes. Cause you get a lot of, um, not a lot of, but sometimes you get drivers, um, maybe from NASCAR or other forms of, uh, traditional motorsport, um, you know, like road racing and whatnot. And, and, um, you know, there's massive amounts of money and, and big time dollars spent in, um, you know, Porsche racing and sports car racing in the U S and all around the world. So, um, some of those drivers will get into a drift car and think that, you know, it's something pretty easy to pick up and it's not, it's probably one of the hardest motorsports that you can, uh, you can come from any other sport yeah. and try to do and just be completely lost. And, but a drifter drift driver can go and pretty much get into any car and, and turn a decent lap. So it's, uh, it's cool to, to know that from, from the inside looking out that that's kind of the situation. But again, it's, it's a niche motorsport, and, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that are making it in a sport for a living have been doing it since day one still. So that's there's cool. still, it's, it's cool, but it's like, you know, when is the, when is the rest of the, um, driver is going to be able to catch up like when is there going to be more sponsorship dollars so that everybody can be on the same level sure and um and make it even much more competitive that's just reach i guess at that point and and all that stuff and getting you know showing the numbers so that you know if your sponsor is like okay well we're going to give you x and then you this x has to equate you know y or whatever 
Um, that's a tricky thing, right? And then having those business propositions, because at the end of the day too, it is about, you know, having a business mind as much as you'd like to just kind of be like, I just want to press the pedals and do the stuff, you know, it's like, <laughs> you, you gotta, I mean, I don't know. It seems like with, um, with you, you're, you're really, you know, you got a strong hustle going and that's, I, I applaud that cause it's not easy. I can't imagine it's got, you know, it's a lot of work, you know, to keep those yeah, relationships going and making sure people are, you know, keeping that, you know, oh, you know, Ron's doing this and this and that. And that's, you know, staying relevant and stuff is, is not an easy task. That's that's where all the videos and all the other outside of competition comes in that really makes you more of a mainstream relevant character in, in the motorsport world or even beyond, you know. Yeah. For for drifting, it's kind of, you know, drifting has such a great millennial following. So a lot of it is as big as a lot uh, or bigger than a lot of traditional motorsports just because it's that generation and everybody shares it online and um and it just makes um, us more noticeable, I guess. So good, um, great exposure. Beyond, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But beyond that, it's it's more about you know we only have eight professional rounds a year. So what do you do in between that? You got to fill that. You should be filling that space with something. Yeah. And a lot of what um, me and my teammate Chris Forsberg do um, are really just come up with different ideas for video projects. Um, a lot of times we'll go out and drive up some crazy mountain road and, uh, really just kind of blow it out and make it the best production that we can. And usually do, um, try to do everything the first try. So you're not laying down a ton of different tread marks and tire marks. <laughs> yeah. Around. That's always, the, that's always like, Oh, look at all those tread lines. You can see the runs before. Yeah. So it's <laughs> yeah. tough. I mean, it's gotta be super tough. Yeah. To hit it, it perfectly is. the first time without knowing it is like, Oh yeah. yeah. Pressure, crazy pressure. <laughs> <laughs> right. When I see a line that you guys do, or like when I'm watching like Ken blocks and I'm like, there's no line, uh, there's no tire mark prior. And then he hits it perfect. I'm like, wow. Like, mad respect to that that's insane <laughs> that's some serious it's insane really work right there yeah. especially something people don't notice or realize you know so yeah yeah like what ken block does if we you know when you have four wheels turning it's a uh, lot harder to steer the car and and really uh i guess um be um on point and and hitting your marks it's a little bit harder because in rear wheel drive you're a little bit you're you only have two wheels in a rear spinning so you you can kind of uh target your target your line a little easier and your speed is a little bit lower since you have less drive yeah. forward which is kind of uh nice so when i see ken nail something i'm like holy crap that was awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah he's in a whole different like league it's funny i was watching one of the yeah. videos where he was at hoonigan i think he was talking about like because he just got his new um crazy car that he loves that crazy ford thing and he was calling people out like nobody else drifts four wheel drive. And I was thinking to myself, well, A, it's very expensive. B, it's like <laughs> <laughs> there's just so much more madness that comes into it. And, you know, you need to have a racing team and a sponsor like Ford to help you out with the cost of yeah. such things, you yeah. know. So I yeah, mean, it's, it's in a very expensive thing. Sure, yeah. sure. But most independent, like wealthy people, are, they're not. I mean, some people are really into racing and stuff, but um, it's, it's, it's definitely an expensive sport. It's not like a, like I train jujitsu. It's very cheap. <laughs> it's like a hundred bucks a month for the gym access. And then, you know, you just got some gear and that's it. And then you just yeah. go and it's like, yeah, I had fun and it's really great. And, but like cars, I, I love and hate cars. Um, cause I have one and I've had many, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the and, woes, you have the oh, pro I got the woes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. I really hate it. But at, at the same time, um, I, I think, I don't know if people know, but like cars are really what 
got me to be like as strong as I could be in art and design and all that stuff because I needed money to pay for the parts and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to feed the addiction. Yeah, exactly. And so like, that's kind of like, um, I think it's, I, I owe a lot of it to my obsession with cars and, and, and all that stuff. I want to talk a little that's bit about, great. I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's kind of a really cool thing to add. Cause I feel like, um, it being a little bit more unique, I think is quite important. And when you're in a world where there's just, so much redundancy you being unique is really key and what fuels you i think is really important and having multiple different inspirations i think is really key it's really clutch to having like a multiple dynamic like yeah. form of experience in your life because we only have so much time here you know and got to make the best of what we can while we're enjoying it you know so i know it's so hard to remember that sometimes too like you know, even in your most stressful moments, just realize that, you know, it's just, you know, you're going to get through it and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. And I think having that positive outlook, I met you briefly that one time, but you seem to have a really good grasp on your positivity. Like you had just a huge smile on your face. It must've been probably because you're, you know, when I met you just full on like playground mode. So I think that oh, rented out the I didn't have any cars there, so I couldn't have anything that I, I I could break and be disappointed about. So it was uh, yeah. it was full on, just come out, have a blast, cheer on my homies, and uh, and have a good time. You know, that's awesome. Is that something that's just kind of natural for you? Or is it you find it just like having that happy go lucky positive energy? Is that something that comes natural, or is it something that just takes work to get there? A lot of times it is. I mean, it always depends on the situation in, in competition and being, you know, being in a professional environment, it's, it takes a, a lot of the fun out of it, I think, and maybe some of the happiness, sure. um, just because of that competitive edge and you have to kind of be in a certain mindset to keep your, your head on straight for these certain environments that you put yourself in on a track. So I feel like that kind of takes away a little bit from the fun factor, but um, as long as you get on the podium, then it's all worth it. And then you're all smiles. <laughs> sure. You know, if you don't place well, or you go out on a mecha mechanical failure, mm -hmm. um, then it's, um, you know, it's a bit of a bummer because you, you know, you work so hard for those moments and, um, if they come right past you, then, uh, and you can't, can't really get on top of it, then it's, uh, it's a bit of a bummer, but, um, outside of competition, it's just all fun and games. You know, a lot of the demo, uh, the demonstration stuff that me and my, uh, me and Chris Forsberg, my teammate get to do together and just, uh, grassroots events in general are the best. That's what really keeps us going and keeps us hungry to keep, um, trying to push the sport is, is really doing all the stuff outside of competition. Um, where it's like, you know, it's how you started. Um, you just go to the track and you see a bunch of friends and everybody's having a blast just driving and it's just pure enjoyment. And there's no, you know, you don't have to live up to anybody's expectations or, um, or, or I guess do, um, appearances for sponsors here and there and and all of that so it's uh it's a lot less stress and a lot more uh of what you of why you got into it you know in the first place yeah i was gonna say because that's got to be difficult to keep that positive happiness going because um i think once you go into that professional way of life when you really start to take things seriously you it is easy to lose grip with why you did it in the first place and yeah, you can take something absolutely. as fun as like whipping a car around a track and turn it into like just horrible experience where you're just like you're hating everything about it right yeah, you gotta find the balance difficult. you know there's, sure. there's a balance with everything and do you have a and, methodology to find that balance for yourself personally like is there like a 
like a pre-race kind of thing you go through in your head or is there something that you think about that kind of helps you? I, yeah, I, tr- I try, um, with certain things and a lot of them are <laughs> just to, Lion King or yeah, something. A, a lot of them are just <laughs> downplay it. I'll even, you know, I'll, I'll jam some tunes and, and some music that I like to listen to at, at the time. And, right. and then I'll just try to downplay it. Like, um, you know, this is, this isn't a big deal. You're just here to put on a show and just have a good time. And, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to be nervous about and just kind of try to talk yourself into that. And then I kind of, I'll kind of like zone off into some, um, particular instances that I had racing dirt bikes and, um, and try to, you know, live in those feelings to get me pumped up and ready to go. So um, it's definitely a bit of a, a mental game yeah, <laughs> at this time. Definitely. I'd say the first time I, I was aware of you is I found the videos that you guys are doing for your crazy Ferrari build, the 458, the GT 458. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that thing was a, thing's a beast. Can you kind of explain what that is to people that might not know? And sure. then how'd that come about? Because that was kind of one of those builds something that I really love because you're just breaking all the rules and, you know, pissing people off, I'm sure, but making people really happy like myself. Cause it's yeah. just, yeah, I don't like who cares about a badge. It's all about the fun of it. But, um, how did that come about that crazy build? And, and what is it to people that don't understand what this is? So I guess the, uh, so the car itself is, um, it's the same chassis or model car that I compete professionally in. It's a Toyota 86. Yeah. And I decided to do, um, a motor swap. So motor swaps are a very common thing in the, in the performance world and car world, car culture world. And the, uh, I couldn't quite do the ultimate swap, but like this is, it's considered one of the, I don't know, I guess uh, it's pretty it's ultimate, a, a pretty, pretty ultimate swap, uh, <laughs> yeah. engine swap for sure. And so I put a, I put a Ferrari, uh, F one thirty six motor in the car. Um, <laughs> that, that motor comes from a Ferrari four, five, eight, uh, model car. Yeah. So, um, and I had this idea because I've always, I always, you know, you're in one motorsport, but you always want to try to touch and get into another one. And cause you like all these little aspects of all these different, different things, or at least I do. And, and one of the coolest things in, on the, in the, in the world to me is uh, formula one racing. Yeah. It's just cause you it's not the most, love it. It's insane. It's the most cutting edge technology and, and, um, the motors and just the power and just what they do with those is just so just odd you know it's just jaw dropping so my so, ultimate goal was to put a formula one engine in oh. a, <laughs> a three car chassis oh man and what i got to do was you know I, and i had this idea a long time ago um, how cool would that be yeah and knowing that it you know i looked into it and it'd be probably you know you probably need about a million dollars or or, or slightly <laughs> less because uh, the dude. engineering and all those guys too and yeah them. not even just Looks, the engine but the just the you got to re-engineer it so yeah. the motor itself is about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then to get it remapped and retuned is, uh, from one of those professionals that used to tune those motors would be about another $250,000. Yeah. And that's not even finding what gearbox can withstand, you know, a 22,000 RPM rev limit and, and everything <laughs> else. And, uh, uh, so it's just, it was wild. It was too, it was too out, 
too out of left field or too it's crazy. I love that though. I yeah. love that you're reaching hot, far and wide. Most people are like just putting an LS in it and shut up, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, it's cool. Like it's, it, it also stands out. It's quite unique and it's good to, to be like that and adventurous. I think it's really quite cool. Absolutely. I think well, that's that's that probably so helped spark your career in a big way and a certain way too. I'm sure you're, yeah. you're I mean, I know you're jamming before then and well before then, but it's rad because that kind of just goes like, hey, look at this. This is crazy. It's just so it different. It reached a, you know? wide, a wide audience for sure. And it definitely, yeah. definitely brought a lot of eyes and attention to it, yeah. which is awesome. So I guess, yeah, the next the next best thing from a Formula One engine, I thought, was a super a supercar engine. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that was more obtainable, obviously. So <laughs> instead of a, a $250,000 price tag, it had about a $40,000 price tag, which is still pretty expensive. Yeah. So I had to... Um, you know, I, I had to wait for the right time and, and the right sponsors to try to kind of get lined up and and uh, then, you know, hit them with the idea and, and the proposal and everything, get people on board to help help fund the project. And, you know, gum out my main sponsor. They they wanted they wanted to do a car build, uh, but they wanted to do kind of a cla- uh, more of a classic with a 2JZ engine. And it's the same engine that I run in my uh, professional competition car. And I said, that's cool. It's already been done. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, what if we, it's an awesome engine too, but yeah, yeah, it's huge. And it would, fit, it would have fit within their budget, uh, which, which they want to do. I was like, what if we do this? I was like, let's double the budget, but it will be, you know, even it will be bigger beyond your belief ever. Yeah. And, then, and, um, you know, they, they trusted me and, and we sold the idea, found a car builder to, to help, uh, take care of a lot of the fabrication stuff. And, um, they did a great job, huh? What was the name of yeah. that shop? Huddy, so Huddy, um, Huddy racing. Awesome. And, uh, he handled the, um, a lot of the issues, not the issues, but just the, a lot of engineering you know, to get that thing in yeah. there and work right. The, and yeah, it's crazy. A lot of the puzzle pieces had, you know, that had to be uh, forced together. Tons of this. tons of fab work in that build. Tons, yeah, tons and tons. I haven't so, got a chance to see it in person. I'd love to see it. Still yeah, haven't. Yeah. All right, we got to yeah. get you to do that, man. Yeah, I need to. I'm always stuck in my freaking office. I need to get out. <laughs> and I get like little, I get little glimpses of moments in my in my NSX, and then I'm right back to the office. But no, I, I love that build, and I loved following it too. I felt it was fascinating. I just loved that. Yeah, again, I applaud you for being different. I think it's really quite great. And I, and, you know, um, you know, doing the two Jay Z is awesome. One of my favorite internet memes is like Jay Z's head clipped and put in the, you know, the engine, <laughs> right. engine bay, the two Jay Z engine bay. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's really awesome and it's really cool and it's 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 uh it's quite a quite uh an experience. I must must have been for you to take that from start to finish and really experience that. Is there something memorable from that whole experience that you'll take with you forever? Is there something about it that um, that really taught you something. What was a big lesson from that build? Uh, building cars is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for sure. That's a hundred percent factual right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, done, I've done plenty of them. It's just, you know, it doesn't change. It's like, no. you kind of know what the issues are going to be before you even get yourself into it. And, um, I think that a lot of that, a lot of that stuff that you try to, um, develop yourself and, and figure out on your own is, is cool. It's like, you know, maybe you're not the first one to do it, but it's the first time you're doing it personally. So it's kind of, um, just fun to push yourself as an individual and, and your know-how in the car community and all of that. And, and your technical side of, of learning, uh, why this won't work and, and what you need to do to get around it. And then just hiring the right people that know what they're doing in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the team. Yeah. Having a good Absolutely. team. 
if you have a so, good team, you can really smash stuff out. Well, yeah, you know. It's like, yeah. yeah, I've been I've been I've been very fortunate on that side. Is I've been able to work with a lot of really good people and uh, who have who have a lot of experience in their field, and um, it's really helped, especially this project with. Um, you know, the, uh, the tuning of the engine, we couldn't run the stock computers on the, uh, on the engine just cause they were too integrated into the chassis. Mm. So we had to totally do, um, a custom, uh, computer, really? tunable computer on it. So total standalone. What, what was the yeah. base that you guys use? Like, uh, it was, uh, a Motec M1, yeah, Motec? Uh, ah, their yeah. fuel, um, their direct injection box, which is the M142. Oh, I've and, heard about those. Yeah. That's gnarly. And then, our t- uh, my, the tuner that I worked with, John Reed, he um, he's really good at um, at all the tuning stuff, and he writes his own firmware for everything. And oh, wow. that's what had, that's what had to happen with this was he had to write his own custom firmware package to be able to run the engine with that ECU. And then after we tested it, or or before we tested it, he had to send it to you know the um, the manufacturer of the ECU to get it signed off on, and then. And then sent back to him so that he could install it into the ECU or upload it or whatever, and uh, then be able to run the engine. So yeah. it was, uh, you know, just a lot of little things like that that had to be sorted out and, and just time consuming. It and when sucks. we only had six months to get it done. <laughs> oh, six months! Wow, that's insane. Because you guys are basically like you kind of have like parts from Ferrari, and then you got parts from your. 86 you know and you're just kind of making a new car at that point you really are you really are engineering a new car basically um yeah that's a really gnarly project for six months especially even with a team too it's just a lot of um there's a lot of things i think people that might not know how this works is like every time you do one thing in a car another thing gets touched and then it gets thrown out and then you're just like chasing uh, you're just putting out fires <laughs> no matter how great right. you are. You know, I mean, there, there are levels, right? There's some master people that just know the ins and outs of all these things. But when you get into like supercar territory and that engine in particular, it's like, it's very, it's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of explosions happening rapidly. <laughs> and you got to keep track of all that. Yeah. Um, and I that's mean, just the engine. To... That's not even like the geometry right. and suspension, which is where, you know, your game really plays in. It's like having the right geometry and the right setup so that the car reacts to the way that you want, you know, which is really de- difficult too. So that's all test. That's all testing and tuning though. Like sure. a lot of the, Track time. a lot of the parts we're, I mean, we're lucky enough. Like the biggest part was just the engine swap and the transmission and everything. You're just getting all that stuff fitted and, and, um, and then running. And then the other stuff is like a lot of, a lot of the parts were familiar to me just because it's a lot of it was the same stuff we run in the uh, competition car. Hmm. Uh, so we're cool. able to just do testing and tuning pretty easily on the track. That's cool. Uh, even though, you know, a lot of the parts were, were different just, but just different variations of the same stuff. So we actually ran, um, some slightly, um, cheaper, uh, parts on the car just because, you know, that, that car was only going to be a demo car. So we didn't need like custom valve suspension. Um, what we were going to put on a car was plenty good enough for what we're going to, you know, what it's, what was going to, it was going to do for videos and demonstrations since it wasn't for competition oh, specifically. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It reacts to what you need then. That's rad. Yeah, exactly. And then you just fine tune it from there. So any regrets was- with that build? No regrets? No. 
No, 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 no regrets. I love that thing. It's uh, <laughs> I don't get the, the only regret is I don't get to drive it enough. <laughs> sure. That would, yeah, that'd be my biggest problem. Cause yeah, I mean, you can't just like take it out on a Sunday cruise, you know, you gotta have right. the, the, everything lined up and everything, you know, that's a lot of work to get the, get everything set up. You know, it's not like the old four days in the parking lots and stuff, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> right. All they yeah. need is a tank of gas and I go out and have a blast. <laughs> is this the most fun? This is the car that you find them to be one of the most fun that you've driven or what's the, what's a car that you've owned or driven that you find to be the most fun man that's a tough question yeah. uh, you know I, I, I a lot of the cars i have driven and a lot of the cars that i have now that i um that i drive throughout the season are um you know there's just something there's always something about each one of them that i like uh the pro car like the competition car is just so insane it makes so much power and it's so much grip when you're actually burning tires sideways and it's so fast and so it's like such a scary thing so uh <laughs> super my loud funnest, <laughs> yeah, what i've my funnest thing with those cars is once a year or twice a year we'll take them to a local event and we'll just go just go have a good time with them and right. the amount of grip that they have it, like it really kind of puts it in perspective because you're driving against um uh, not against, but you're driving with, um, some grassroots guys and just local, local guys with, lo- you know, regular amateurish cars. And, uh, these things are just so fast. It's unbelievable. So, uh, that's really cool with those. And the demo cars are always fun because, you know, they're a little less power. They, um, shouldn't overheat as much. So you can really just kind of ring them out a little bit more and just drive them a little bit harder. Mm. Whereas the pro cars, you have so much power, you have to be a little bit more, um, trusting and uh and hopefully forgiving with it sure Uh, so uh it's like taming a beast and uh, the other ones is like riding you know when you're driving it's um something that you can um drive a lot more aggressively that's why i like the ferrari car so much because it it doesn't make a lot of power down in the lower rpm range so you really have to um drive it aggressively to keep the wheel spinning and keep it in drift what's that Uh, uh, rev out to that engine um, 9,000. That's crazy. It's How many pretty, cylinders it's too? Is that for V8? For V8 it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's pretty high revving for V8. What's the new Ford GT thing that they have that, not the Ford GT, but that, oh, um, that oh, 350, no. that thing is gnarly too. That revs yeah. really high too. And it's like a flat plane, I guess they call it. I can't remember. Yep. The flat plane crank yeah, thing. Those yeah. things sound epic. Yeah. Super yeah. wide. That's kind of like, um, turnkey drift car i guess people are using i saw that a lot of people using that at sema those cars just just totally smashing around in those things um seems to be pretty awesome yeah yeah absolutely so there's you know there's a lot of companies coming out with or not a lot but i should say every year you see more or you feel like there's another rear wheel drive car coming out of um one of the major manufacturers uh model model classes so it's really cool to see that and it just gives the sport um you know that that little bit extra down the line because you know maybe you know our our millennial following can't afford those right now but when they go for resale they'll be you know at the local track a lot sooner than you think so yeah it's it's cool they're they're kind of providing um you know, the, the, the next phase of the, uh, of the sport, which is cool. Next generation. In next your, generation. In your opinion, yeah. what's a, what's a good starter car for somebody that wants to get into what you're doing? I know that I would think I would know what it is, but when, what do you think it is? What's the best kind of like, you know, starting point, go on Craigslist and try to buy something and give it hell. What's a good, yeah. plat- what's a good platform? Uh, I mean, all the older Japanese cars are great platforms. The, uh, the old Toyota Corolla, 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna those. mess up the years. I think like eighty. <laughs> what is it? Eighty three or eighty four? Um, up to the up to the late eighties. Yeah. You can get those rear wheel drive. They're a lot. They're so hard to find now, and they're actually pretty pricey. Yeah, they've um, gone up it, a lot. Yeah, yeah. They don't make a lot of power either, so you kind of you kind of have. <laughs> Yeah, putt putt engine, man. (laughs) You You gotta scream it. (laughs) And then, um, you know, from there, even the Toyota Supra, which is also priced, it's ungodly pricey now, but yeah, uh, I think it's beast. That's another great platform. And then you can get, you know, Nissan 240SX, which is a great cheaper platform. That's um, they're starting to run out of them these days on on the recent side so those are starting to get a lot pricier how about the e30s uh, like the m3s and are they not the m3s but because those are really expensive now but like the yeah. 325 is and all those things and yep. the, the, e, the e36 and uh or is it the am i thinking e46 is is really one of the cheaper models that you can buy now that are um <laughs> that are pretty pretty good for drifting yeah um, they're they're more for like road handling cars so they're kind of designed yeah. for that is there any interest for you um in like road racing and stuff like that are you interested Absolutely. in that is that something that yeah. you're looking to get into more rather than the drifting or wanting to spread it between the two and and if you I, could what's 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 the division that you would love to enter i don't know what division to be honest um what do you, you usually know, find yourself watching or keeping track on uh, formula one for sure okay, i mean number yeah. one and then everything <laughs> yes. else you know not um i not so much nascar but um you and then left, just like yeah, you know the sport, the sports car world. Um, usually, uh, keep tabs on that. I'm not going to watch every race or, or um, really know what, all the results, but That's just keep tabs job. on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the best entry level, or not even entry level, but the best level for me to start out in would be like a uh, the Pirelli World Challenge Series. Mm. Um, would be a great start, I think. Um, to or any even any like NASA or SCCA racing, like anything that's local and, um, you can go out for a weekend and not really break the piggy bank too bad as well, as long as you don't have any mechanical failures. <laughs> yeah. <and crashes. laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed for both of those, which is a very yeah. common thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, I was actually able to, uh, I did a open wheel race in a uh, formula Ford, um, sick. two, about a year and a half ago now. Oh man. How was um, that? Oh, it was phenomenal. I, I had, it was so much, they're not even fast, but you know, yeah. when you're in it, you're in this little tiny cockpit, it looks like a missile and, uh, they don't have a ton of power, but it's all about carrying your momentum around the track. Sure. And you know, when you get going and, and you just start clicking off lap times, it's like, you know, the challenge is there. It's just so much fun. Yeah. I loved it. And I would love to do it again and then do it more. So, um, but I mean, drifting, drifting is the focus. Drifting is my career and, and what I try to have to continue to, um, to try to, ele- you know, elevate every year. So, um, how do you until, even switch over like that? That's a, that's a kind of a complicated move, right? I mean, it is, it's yeah. just, you know, you'd have to have somebody that wanted to support you in another series, which yeah. you know, is, uh, is difficult. Not that it hasn't happened. You see, you see guys that, that are able to do that. And, um, but a lot of times they have already come from that world and came into drifting. And then when, um, when things, uh, when they wanted to leave drifting, they went back to, you know, that, that road racing world. So it's a little easier when you already have some ties and some connections. Um, but yeah, in the, in the future, I would just, I just hope, uh, you know, it doesn't even have to be a career move for me. I just, I would just like to do it in general and just see, um, 
like I should test my skills and see if I even have what it takes. Sure. That's a really intense thing too. It's like really rigorous and stuff. You mentioned talking a little bit about health too. I'd love to talk about that because that's one thing I think people don't realize too, is even as a, even if you're using the the race car to push it hard, like that's something I find funny too, is people um, will try to cut seconds out of their car and I see them, they're all fat. I'm like, man, you need to cut out some fat. <laughs> you need to cl- close that fridge, you know, like that's how you yeah. power to weight ratio and you save it in the seat, you know? So, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep a healthy physique and it's a very physical activity, whether like people, you're just sitting there, you know, like people might think that, but yeah. it's not. So how do you maintain your health? Are you big on health and do you work out and I, all that kind of stuff? Do you have a regimen? And I have, I mean, I am, and I have been as uh, more, more so lately in the last 12 months or so, um, you know, growing up and racing dirt bikes, you, you know, that, that sport is, is the most physically demanding sport in the world. And, uh, so, you know, all we were doing is riding and training and you're, I was in shape for the better part of my life. And when I got into cars kind of fell out of that for a little while. And, um, you know, my injuries start in my thirties, start catching up to me a little bit and <laughs> found out I had, um, you know, some back pain and just kind of like little injuries popping up. So I really started to get back into it. Um, and not that I wasn't in shape before, but just kind of escalated, um, my level of, uh, experience and know-how and knowing like what my diet should be and, and what, how my body reacts to it. So, mm. um, that's kind of where I'm at now. I, I started, um, I don't even know what to call it, but I, um, vegan who eats fish or pescatarian, pescatarian. that eats no yeah. dairy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's like, a wife's kind of like that too. So I understand that. That's cool. Yeah. And that, that has helped a lot for me as far as my, uh, my body <laughs> and, uh, just feeling, um, just feeling better. And, uh, I don't know about energy. I think it takes, you know, the proper balance and of diet and, and it's, di- it's more difficult to find that balance. I think when you change, uh, your diet like that, like it just takes time to figure it all out. And I'm at the point now where, um, you know, I'm on a better side of it and I understand what my body needs. And so, um, it's been good. It's been a good journey and, and something that is, it's been keeping me busy. And I like, I like that side of, uh, my lifestyle now is understanding, um, you know, what I'm putting in my body and, and what I'm getting out of it. It's so clutch. I think I've heard this one line from like a famous bodybuilder is like, you don't get abs in the gym, you get them in the kitchen and what yep. you put in your body is what you get out really. And I think <laughs> you stay healthy, you know, like your diet is so, so essential to your overall Absolutely. happiness in life. And it's something that we, I think we just kind of take for granted. It's like, yeah, just, you know, feed it and throw it in there and just keep going, you know? And I think that's something that's easily overlooked and I'm, I'm big on health too. I try to be <laughs> as much as possible. Probably the biggest problem I have and this one of the worst is I don't sleep enough. So and that's right. probably the worst thing you could do to your, <laughs> your yeah. body too. Cause it's like, yeah, it's just, it's been like, there's been studies that prove that it's like, you got to get you know, ample amounts of sleep. It's just as bad as anything else, but a good balance, 100%. I guess is really important too. And so yeah. but when you're in a, in a competitive mindset, guys, it's really hard too. So it is, it's tough to get into the swing of it sometimes. Like the off season for me, it's really, it was kind of perfect timing. Cause when I changed my diet, it was kind of a slow buildup until where I'm at, um, went to where I got into the off season. And then I, you know, I wanted to, I knew, when I changed my diet, I needed to hire, or I wanted to hire a personal trainer. And my, um, my twin brother, Justin has been, um, being trained personally by this woman, um, locally to us for the last two years. So I wanted to get on that train and, and start doing that, which is, um, you know, it's been phenomenal so far. So Sick. I've, uh, I've been in a gym for, 
or just been working out for the last, um, three months straight. And, and, you know, there's, there's massive differences. And now is the time for me to do it when I'm only making phone calls and, you know, doing correspondence and logistics rather than, um, being on a plane, um, every week. So it's, uh, it's like the build up until, when I, <laughs> when I don't have time to work out and then I slowly deteriorate into uh, not being as in shape. <laughs> yeah. Which creeps up on you quickly. Cause you don't, it you don't realize it and you're all of a sudden you're just chub a lard. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little bit about dream builds. Is there other dream builds that you have in mind? Is it some kind of imagination that you're kind of, you know, fantasizing over some, some thoughts Absolutely. and combinations? Is that yeah. a never ending thing? Do you have a long list of that stuff or how do you kind uh, of, how do they come to you? I wouldn't say a long list. There's always different variations of the same thing too. That's like kind of wants that you want to, um, that you want to do. So it's like, you think of one thing and then you're like, Oh, that'd be sick. But then you're like, Oh, if we did it this way too, Oh my God, that'd be so much, that'd be just as awesome. So it's like, there's always, there's always that. And then, um, but yeah, like the ultimate, like I said, my original, my original dream bill would be putting a formula one engine that revs to 22,000 RPMs and has (laughs) pneumatic valve train makes you know, 950 base horsepower naturally aspirated into a, uh, into a street car. <laughs> yeah, it's and you know, shocks savage. your chest. It just shocks your chest when you fire the thing up and you just feel it and throughout your entire body. And, uh, that would be my ultimate. And, uh, what would you put that in? What, what chassis would you think would be fit I mean, for that? I don't even know, man. Maybe it'd be a custom chassis. To put in like a Maybe sick Honda would... minivan or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just to frame it out. I think Busy Moto, I think that's what they call it. They do a lot of crazy madness like that with their cars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he, I've met him a couple of times. He's a good dude and he definitely does some wild stuff. So yeah. I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if he was <laughs> He's building one right now. <laughs> Damn him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that'd be really sick. It'd be cool to see what chassis you decide for that too. Cause it really determines a lot of the, the style and, and also like kind of the connectivity too. And, yeah. and what you, why you would choose that and stuff too. Cause I think, well, I'm a, uh, I'm a Toyota sponsored driver. So yeah, Toyota's I've been, awesome. I've been knocking on their door and asking them where those old formula one motors are at that they used to have. <laughs> and that's uh, awesome. Where are they at me. Toyota? Where are they at? <laughs> <laughs> they keep telling me that they don't have the uh, computers anymore to be able to run the motors. So oh, it would be man. useful. Me. but i have other means of figuring things out so i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. keep i'm gonna keep stressing that a little bit and hopefully uh hopefully one of these days well, i get my hands on one a fun thing is that toyota is a huge fan of this podcast so they're listening and taking copious notes awesome. <laughs> no awesome. that's that's awesome that's really <laughs> no that's cool and yeah i definitely like toyota makes awesome stuff too so and I think what they're what they've been doing. I, I I've heard only great things about the FRS too. I heard it's a really great balance car. I just hear it's like underpowered, but I think that's mostly it, coming it, from it, people that are just like wanting to just you know do just madness to it. And I think it's actually kind of akin to what I would just say like the NSX was associated with like oh it's underpowered. It's underpowered if you don't know how to drive. You know I think like, right. It's a good mix. It depends on what you want out of it. But it if you really want to rip it up and yeah, of course you're going to need more power, but in yeah. order to like set it, you know, like, and the way I think when I drive really fast is like fast is smooth, smooth is fast. You know, it's all it about is. smoothness and, and and getting that perfect line and riding that just on the point of 
where your revs are and your tire braking and, and keeping that traction as tight as possible. And you're trying to control all that, where to brake, the apex, all that kind of stuff. And you yep. can really do some fast stuff in a, in a slow car <laughs> if you know how to drive it, you know. But, yeah, I've, I've heard those are really good handling cars, though, like just through and through. And it's a great – it's a really beautiful-looking car, too. Like they're really nicely designed. And, and I think when Rocket Bunny kind of came out and did that wide-body kit, I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is like really – there's some madness going on with this stuff, too, which yeah. I can enjoy. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much, so many parts out for that chassis and, uh, model car now that you can pretty much do anything you want with it, which is phenomenal for the, for our world of uh, car tuning and car culture. So sure. Yeah. And it's something that I find to be a really interesting, um, it's cool. Like I think you can go to like, you know, a dealership, buy a new car like that and really just have a blast with it and enjoy it, you know, as it's in- intended to be enjoyed too. So yeah, it was, it was a car I was really contemplating getting, um, but I was like, I was pretty hell set on getting an NSX. So I decided to keep, keep with the, <laughs> the classic. Made, uh, really, I think you made a really good decision as well, though. An NSX is such a timeless car that is, uh, is, is phenomenal. I still haven't driven one though. So I might have to, uh, yeah, you come out here. I'll, you can definitely drive my car for sure. I was going to say, I was going to have to make you, uh, give me an offer so I could take <laughs> you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to do like a car trade or something. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> No, I just want to sit, I just want to sit shotgun. Like when I sat, I sat in the back of Chris and I was just freaking out. We were doing like, you just like, I think he hit like 140 to the <laughs> entry corner. And I was like, what the hell? It was, it was just, it was crazy. I was like, I, there was a moment where I was about to shit my pants. I was like, yeah, I haven't been in a car doing that kind of stuff before. So yeah, I'd love to get back into that. One thing I was yeah. going to talk to you about too is do you, have you ever played with sim racing and have you played with sims, VR, or any of that kind of stuff? Is that something? that I find not it be really a, interesting as well. Ton. No. What do you think not of it? Do you not enjoy it or is it not something that works for you or Well, you know, I mean, gr- so growing up I've always been an outdoor kid and I've never really done much uh video game playing. Yeah. Um not that I don't enjoy it, I usually just get too frustrated. And uh <laughs> like I just want to go do this in in real life sure. instead of, you know. So uh I guess that's my I guess that's always been kind of my downfall of uh not playing is just cuz uh, I guess I kind of had those opportunities to, to go out and do it in reality and not have to, you know, not have to get my, a lot of my emotions and stuff out on on virtual. (laughs) Well, for those of us that don't have race cars, (laughs) it's pretty awesome. Right now I was really seriously considering getting like a, a setup just cause like, um, it seems like every time I drive my SX hard, it costs me a lot of money. So I'm like, cause like I went out and like a couple weeks, weekends ago and then, I was chasing around some Lamborghinis and a four five eight a Ferrari actually. Um, that right thing, on, that thing is so fast, man! It's so fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, but I mean, every car uh, I find that I, uh, you know, you put a car in the canyons, and we're all somewhat equal in a sense um, in power because right. you, you know you can't just go balls of the walls straight. So I had a lot of fun just showing them how to drive in the canyons. That was a blast. But in the straight lines, no. But we were going. I won't say on here because it's a little very illegal. We're going very fast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just got a ton of rocks and just smashed up, the, got a hole in the radiator. And I was like, this sucks. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was it a really? brand new one. I just got it, just put it in with the new rebuild. And I was like, oh, freaking cars. And so I was like, yeah, I need to get a sim so I could just like get that 
going so i can at least feel somewhat contained uh but yeah just do it you know take 50 percent off the top yeah try to do 50 percent and and real driving yeah try to try to (laughs) nice blend of the the exactly i know you have i know you have a bunch of great roads that you can go out and cruise that aren't too far away from you so it's tough you know yeah to uh hold yourself back sometimes it, it totally is i have no control honestly i just go like all right and then my lizard brain my my neanderthal undeveloped <laughs> brain sticks in it's like yeah you know and it just makes it super fun and i don't no regrets you know no regrets and i think that's the thing you kind of talked about earlier is just, it, it is a pain in the ass a lot of it especially when you're getting there wrenching and doing all that stuff it's like you're literally fighting physics it's so crazy as a species we take these raw minerals and ingredients of earth refine them down and create these like pieces of machinery that create experiences. And it's so, for me, it's like, it's, it's, to me, it's the highest form of art, in my opinion. Um, one of the highest forms of art, aside from like movies and storytelling, but cars to me are moving art and I find them so fascinating. Um, and I really love it. I think it's really cool. And if you could do that for a living, I applaud you because it's, I, I know it's gotta be difficult because it's not like, there's only so many people that are able to do it. There's so many little moving pieces. So um, one thing, another one thing, um, there's probably many different things I'm jealous of you for, but you got the chance to drive Ken's little crazy Ford Escort. How was that? That was that was pretty rad. That thing is a little beast. That was really good, man. It's, uh, it was built really well by a uh, father and son who are known for restoring and building those cars. You know, those they pack a punch, man. They make about 330 horsepower, naturally a four-cylinder, which is... That's insane. Insane. It's a lot of power for to make. Little Cosworth, right? So, uh, Cosworth engine. Was, yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was more time to do uh, to do a setup on, but it was uh, winning the event that I was uh, asked to drive it in. So uh, that was really cool. And and um, yeah, it's just it's all of Ken's stuff is just done very professionally. So you know, if you're going to get behind the wheel of any of his cars, you know that they're you know top notch and, and done by some of the best out there. Yeah. So um, that was cool. Uh, that was cool to have that and and just get the opportunity. It's um it's great driving other cars that are different than all. And that's that's also probably the most similar car I've driven to the uh, to the Ferrari powered uh, Toyota eighty six. Just with the the power band and the way the power is, and just being high revving, and most of the power being at the top of the RPM range, so it was a cool little insight to what I was getting myself into with the Ferrari motor. Yeah, that's awesome. The power to weight too is probably to be pretty similar too, because that little Ford Escort is super small, and that power to power to weight is pretty nuts. And naturally aspirated is awesome too, because you don't have that turbo lag. Um, yeah, I, my mine SX is supercharged, which is great because it's very linear. It goes with the engine. Um, but you know, you get that super crazy power of turbo, but, um, NA is just so, so, so raw and so direct and it's awesome. So it is, man. It's yeah. yeah, You can just, you can hear all the noises too. It's, it's really great Yeah, for for a a car, for a car enthusiast. It is uh, one of the best, you know, one of the best sounds that you can hear is a, is a high revving naturally aspirated motor. No replacement for displacement. So people (laughs) like. Guy, the Ford guys will say that to the, all the Honda guys. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and and Ken seems to be a really rad guy too. And it's like he's another guy that's just like got to be a role model, right? I mean, he's just figured out how to do it in so many oh, ways. Of and he's such a yeah. such a beast, you know. Like he just really owns his manifest what he does, and he owns it really through and through, which is really cool. So that's got to be rad to you know make friends with somebody like that too. It's got to be great. It is for sure. 
seems like a really down to earth guy uh, too, considering like what he does and how high a level he is at what he does too. Just rad. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it's a great experience every time I get to collaborate with him and it's, uh, yeah. I mean, you can always take something away from it. You know, he's this extremely smart dude and, um, just understands marketing and how to sell yourself on top of, um, being, you know, a great driver and, and, uh, having a, a really professional, uh, surround, you know, team surrounding him and everything else. So it's really something that you, uh, uh most drivers want to, um, take a note, you know, take a note from and try to, I guess, try to get to that level one day. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. And that's a, that's all about the hustle too. And having those things. Yeah. Having all those things in line, which is awesome. Um, is there something that like, um, that's coming up soon that you're looking forward to, like, um, something that we should be, uh, all your fans and stuff should be aware of. Um, I guess, I guess the next big thing right now is, uh, we're going to be filming a video pretty soon, but there's not enough uh, details for me to, uh, tell anybody about yet. Top secret. Uh, yeah, not necessarily top secret. Just, uh, there's an idea. We have it. We don't have a location yet and, uh, we don't have a date to, uh, to film it yet. So <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about it if, in case it gets pushed to later in the, later in the year. But I guess the biggest thing is really just, uh, you know, getting ready and, um, getting all, um, getting all the team stuff sorted out and, and getting ready for the first round of formula drift, which is until April. So we got a little ways away, but, um, that's probably the next biggest thing at the moment is that's on the uh, calendar. Awesome. Where's that being held this year? That's, that's going to be the first round is in long beach, California. Ah, nice. Um, to come out to that one. You have to, man. The first yeah. week of April. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know sure the exact date. I should be but, around. I don't think I'm traveling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I love that. Just, just you just smell like shit after that. You smell like t- it's like tires <laughs> and like gas. Smoke, <laughs> yeah, just crazy smoke. Yeah, I love it out there too. That's um, uh, they have crazy races out there too, right? They have yeah, like they a, have the uh, they have indie racing. Indie out there. racing. That's right. Yeah. yeah, they also have the um, uh, the e car racing too. The electric. Ah, um, yes. Which I want to talk to you about as well, because that is obviously going towards what the future is of automotive. And what are your thoughts on the EV world and all that stuff? Have you driven one or what? I haven't driven anything that's like powerful, like what Tesla just came out with that (laughs) roadster. That is how dare they. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I like how they just compared themselves. Like, look at the Bugatti. uh, Good job, Bugatti. Like this kind of just (laughs) good job. Bye bye combustion engine. Yeah. A 1500 horsepower supercar. And then you have a that's over a million dollars. And then you have a uh, $250,000 supercar, uh, all electric. And it just blows everything that the Bugatti has out of the water. Yeah. And the Bugatti has what we thought we had at all. So yeah. Right. Bye bye right. Bugatti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it looks better than Bugatti personally. I'm not a big fan of the design of the Bugatti personally. Right. Um, but I really, yeah, I think the Tesla, it's pretty crazy. It's very future tech and I kind of like the retro stuff, but um, yeah. yeah, I love the way it looks. I think it's yeah. one of the most simple looking yes. and, and great design, um, uh, as far as like, I guess, uh, the last five years of supercars coming out, you know, like I oh, like a P1 lot of though. Come on that P1. Yeah, I know. The I McLaren, know. I mean, my goodness, sure. that's such a, that thing has such a presence. And I think the Ford too, the new Ford GT is just like, 
It's out, yeah. of, it's out of control. And a little off Ferrari too. It's pretty crazy to see the automotive industry. It's, I feel like it's almost like they all know gas is out. It's on its way out. And they're like, we're going out with a bang, you know, <laughs> firecracker style. <laughs> I don't yeah. to me though. That's, I guess that's the biggest thing sure. is being a petrol head or a car enthusiast oh, is, yeah. uh, you know, we've all had combustion engines our, our entire lives. So, yeah. or for the most part of it. And, uh, you know, when, when an electric car comes screaming by you at Mach 1, beating the, beating the <laughs> pants off of your, uh, your um, combustion engine, it's like you can't even hear the thing coming. I, I think that's the biggest downfall. That is, is the not biggest having, downfall. Not having the noise because that's really what kind of gets you um, sold and, and ingrained in the sport or in motorsports in general, I think, is just the wild sounds from these race motors. What if they had a sick subwoofer and speaker system <laughs> <laughs> you know still would be if, to, no I they think. have to yeah that's that's i remember that's like chris like, harris was talking about that too and he had driven a, a crazy super like ev race car and he was like it's just so weird because i'm going fast but it doesn't i don't you're missing the other half of the experience and right you know that's like you know hearing the revs i don't even look at my tack really when i drive because i know where i'm at by hearing it you know and it's just yeah. it's such an important part of the driving experience but yeah, it's like, it's so removed, um, from the EV cars. And I think that's really a big problem. I think that is always going to face it too. I think that BMW will fake the engine noise and put it in the speakers and stuff. And I, I always like, that's just so hokey, you know, cause their <laughs> engines are, they have to make the engines quieter as they go, you know? And right. yeah, but I, 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 I feel the same, but I mean, it's inevitable, right? I mean, there's only so many, there's, there's only so much that I feel like it's, we, we are going to see a dawn of the change with this all happening. The problem is I think people don't realize it's like, Oh, electric's clean. It's not clean at all. You got to trace it back to where it comes from. And it, it all right. comes from fossil fuel still, um, until they get those crazy, like, you know, solar, solar farms and all that stuff set up. It's not, it's, it's really quite dirty. It's just as dirty as like, uh, any other car really. Um, if you chase, chase yeah. back where the energy and the components and the minerals to make these batteries, it's really quite, quite disruptive. But at the same time, I mean, ripping, ripping up tires and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff isn't good as well. But yeah. there, <laughs> there's only a couple of you guys and the earth is huge. It's okay. You know, like it will clear <laughs> out know. hopefully. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Seriously. I know uh, 90% of the bad population pollution is due to you, Ryan. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> No, but it's I am that's, going to retract my name from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, but I mean that's pretty it's it's pretty interesting. I think that's all that you know where this is all <coughs> heading. And I think like, yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, Tesla just pretty much dropped the hammer and they're saying, Well, we're here to stay and bye bye everybody, you know. And I think that's right. would you um entertain the idea of doing an E V drift car? Because I've seen a pe- couple people 100%. doing them. hundred percent. I would I would love to do that. Um, it's good. You don't care. You just want to have fun. That's good. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I just, I mean, you know, it's just given the noise situation, just, just put that aside. It's, uh, I think just the way that those cars drive and the way the power and efficiency is, is it would be something super, super fun and like nothing else I've ever driven. So of course I want to try to experience that. Yeah. It's on a different, a whole different realm basically. Yeah. Cause you're just experiencing something completely different, which makes it awesome and very unique yeah. too. And you just got to open up a different part of your senses. And I think that's something that people just have to get used to is just like, you know, being willing to open up your, your mind to a different experience and not expect it to be, you know, the sound of like a, a domestic car, you know, or like some kind of crazy, right. like, you know, beast machine. Um, but yeah, that's something that I definitely (laughs) 
find fascinating. And I always I'm curious to ask people like yourself, who's, you know, in this industry, um, as it's starting to dither out a little bit, you know, the, the combustion engine, it's not going away completely. And I think a, one of the bigger answers is going to come from hydrogen cars, mainly for commuting right. and like, you know, transport of, of, you know, semi, um, stuff like that, autonomous vehicles. That's, and all what that I don't as well. That's what I don't understand. I guess maybe I haven't done enough research, but it's like, we've had that technology around for so long, but it's like, where, why don't we have it? <laughs> a lot of it is you know? from what I've read is due to the safety issues because, you know, it's like a hydrogen bomb, you know, like, or not hydrogen bomb, but like the, the it's very, uh, it's very uh it'll it's just, it'll it's a pressurized gas you know gas filled tank totally which totally. is yeah. really a bomb for sure but <laughs> i guess yeah in a car wreck if those things went off that would be an issue but that's why you make a, so you build a car with a uh, a specific safety crumple zone for that area of the you know the, the gas stuff and maybe maybe that would do the job i don't know one would think <laughs> you know <laughs> for the most part it's it's mainly due to deep money probably you know like when you yeah. look back money is what pushes it all and so it's like you know f- deep family ties to that rich crazy wealth that's just kind of like they don't they're they're smart enough and they have the they have the world where they want it they don't they don't want to change that you know why would they right so <laughs> it's like keeping control over that is really the key you know and so i think it's more of a power thing but eventually you know you're gonna have these um moguls like uh tesla going out there and going hey i'm gonna try something different i'm taking my money and basically gamble it and risk it and right um, he's he's one of the very few rare uh new occurrences that a, a, a multimillionaire that's willing to take his his wealth and kind of risk it and he, he's done it many times too which is kind of crazy but you got to really love it, I think, in order to do it. And oh, not many people, I, I wouldn't do it because I'm not interested in that necessarily. You know, <laughs> right. like, he really wants to go to Mars and all this stuff, you know, like that's kind of a far-fetched thing. But we kind of need those those people that are reaching for that experience, you know, in order to kind of, you know, help elevate the rest of us, you know. So, yeah, I you know. agree. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk and what he, you know, what he's done with his businesses and what he's trying to do and push the uh push the uh the stuff that's not normal you know yeah and uh, it's it's cool it's, it's awesome to see that i think it's fascinating now this has been really great talking with you i'm super stoked to get it to know you a little bit more and at the same time exposing the audience because um, we normally like i said we have like artsy farty guys that are similar to well, i want to hear more about that stuff yeah dude. oh yeah well i mean there's there's 170 <laughs> episodes of that so um but no i mean it's 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 really cool to get different perspectives because i think it's really important as well and honestly i think that this is all very universal we're all humans and we find like it's it's what we're attracted to and what we're interested in as long as you're not hurting yourself or other people hopefully um i think that's really the key of you know finding that happiness and that's the through line for all this stuff it's a passion it's, it's something that you're right. passionate about and it's something that like we can all connect with and all and all can you know feel that you know that vibe and be really interested and, and share that common connection because that's really what we're here for is you know sharing these experiences and enjoying them together as much as possible so um, that is it yeah. for sure yeah i'm looking forward to also going for a drive with you so let me know when you're in the area and we'll go out for a I spin it'll be fun i'm we'll coming go. out i'm coming out soon i don't know if we'll be able to set up a ride along just yet but i will be uh <laughs> i'll be out there soon hopefully we can get together <laughs> I'll bring the NSX. We'll have some fun. Yes. <laughs> Do some cannon, cannon driving. <laughs> so killer, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I'm um, wishing you the best of luck on the next season with everything and everything you're doing. Thanks for being an awesome dude. And um, yeah, we'll chat with you next time. Yeah.
And that concludes this week's episode. Big thank yous to Ryan for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 171, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.